Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. He shall come like an eagle against the house of the Lord because, here's why, they have transgressed my covenant and they've rebelled against my law. The judgment is spiritual. He's going to judge the nation economically. He's going to judge the nation politically. The cause is spiritual. The nation was destroyed because they transgressed the covenant and they rebelled against God's law. Actions have consequences. You know that if you hit your thumb with a hammer that there's a good chance that unpleasant words will jump out of your mouth. On a more serious note, you also know that bad business leadership will eventually produce a bad business culture. It's no different for national leadership, and God has warned the people of Israel to stay right with Him. But as Pastor Dan will teach today, the Hebrews chose their own path. And you're going to learn about the consequences of their actions. Now, here's Pastor Dan in the book of Hosea chapter 8 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. So we're going to be back in the book of Hosea. We're going to be in Hosea chapter 8. If you want to turn there in your Bible for me, Hosea chapter 8. As we are continuing our verse-by-verse study through the Old Testament, Hosea chapter 8. We're also going to look at 2 Timothy chapter 3. If you want to go ahead and put your bookmark at 2 Timothy 3 so you can turn there quickly when the time comes. Hosea 8, 2 Timothy 3. Let me pray for us before we get into the word. Lord, we thank you for your word, and we thank you that it's alive and it's powerful, and it's sharper than a two-edged sword. We thank you that it never returns void. It accomplishes what you send it to accomplish in our hearts and in our lives, Lord. We pray and ask, Lord, that your spirit would be our teacher and that you would open our eyes and our ears and our hearts to what you have for us in your word. I pray that your spirit would be upon me to teach your word. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, just as a review, Hosea, remember, was a prophet ministering in the northern kingdom of Israel in the final days of the nation. His ministry lasted from about 755 B.C. to 710 B.C. So during his lifetime, he saw the northern kingdom of Israel conquered by the Assyrians. That took place in 722 B.C. And as you recall, the reason that God judged the nation of Israel and sent them into captivity was because the nation had forsaken the Lord. And they had forsaken God's commandments. And instead went after other gods. 
They went after idols. God brought judgment upon the nation because the nation had forsaken him. And the nation became morally and spiritually bankrupt. Before the judgment came for years and really decades, God sent prophets like Hosea to the nation to warn the people, to call them to repent and to turn back to God. But the nation refused. One lesson that we've learned from our study in the book of Hosea is that God judges nations morally. And Hosea gives us a picture of what was going on in the nation of Israel morally and spiritually leading up to the final days of the nation and the destruction of the nation. And so we pick it up in chapter 8, verse 1. Set the trumpet to your mouth. This is the Lord speaking to Hosea. Set the trumpet to your mouth. He shall come like an eagle against the house of the Lord because, here's why, they have transgressed my covenant and rebelled against my law. The Lord God tells Hosea to set a trumpet to your mouth. Sound the alarm in Israel. Warn the people. There's an emergency. Today, instead of sounding a trumpet, Hosea would use one of those emergency alert things on your phone, you know, where everybody's phone goes off at the same time. That's what he's saying do in the nation now. Sound the alarm to warn the people. Hosea is to act as a watchman for the nation. It was the watchman's job. If you remember when we were in Ezekiel chapter 33, the watchman's job was to sound the trumpet and warn the people when an enemy army was approaching. Hosea needs to sound the trumpet because an enemy is approaching with great speed and fury to seize the land of Israel. It says he shall come like an eagle against the house of the Lord. This is speaking of the Assyrians, the Assyrian army. And the language that the Lord uses here is not arbitrary when he says that the Assyrians will come like an eagle, a swift eagle against the house of the Lord. The Lord is referring them back to Deuteronomy chapter 28. You're taking notes. Deuteronomy chapter 28. It's in Deuteronomy 28, before they even enter into the promised land, that the Lord God lists the blessings for their obedience. This is how God will bless them if they obey. And then God lists the curses for disobedience. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 45. Moreover, all these curses shall come upon you and pursue you and overtake you until you are destroyed because you did not obey the voice of the Lord your God to keep his commandments and his statutes, which he commanded you. And they shall be upon you for a sign and a wonder. And on your descendants forever. Here, Deuteronomy 28, before they've even gone into the promised land, God says, once you get into the land, if you obey me, I'll bless you. And here's all the ways I'll bless you. It says, but if you disobey me, if you do not obey the voice of the Lord, if you do not keep my commandments and my statutes that I command you, here's all the curses that will come upon you as a nation. And he says, they shall be upon you for a sign and a wonder. And on your descendants Forever, these curses will be upon you as a sign. A sign of what? A sign 
but you are not obeying the Lord and keeping his commandments. And so he goes on enlisting all the curses that will come upon them for disobedience. Deuteronomy 28 verse 49, he tells us that one of the curses for disobedience, listen to what it says, will be the Lord will bring a nation against you from afar from the end of the earth as swift as the eagles fly. And now here it is hundreds of years later in Hosea and the nation has turned away from the Lord and is being disobedient to the Lord. And the Lord says he shall come like an eagle against the house of the Lord. He's pointing them back to Deuteronomy 28 saying, here's the sign. You know, that comedian, there's your sign. Here's your sign. This nation is going to come against you swiftly like an eagle. Remember what I told you back in Deuteronomy 28? If you're disobedient, the curses that will come. Well, guess what? The curses are coming because you've been disobedient. That's your sign. He shall come like an eagle against the house of the Lord because here's why they have transgressed my covenant and they've rebelled against my law. The judgment is spiritual. He's going to judge the nation economically. He's going to judge the nation politically. But the cause is spiritual. The nation was destroyed because they transgressed the covenant and they rebelled against God's law. Now, transgressing, transgressing is different from wandering into sin or falling short of the mark. That's something that we all do. We all sin. We all miss the mark. We all fall short of what God asks of us. All we like sheep have gone astray. The Bible says we're all prone to wander. From the Lord. And Jesus the good shepherd comes and finds us. And he brings us back. To the fold of God. Praise the Lord for that. But that's not what Israel did. Israel transgressed. To transgress means to cross a line. Transgression is intentional. Transgression is deliberate disobedience. Israel's not like a sheep that wanders away from the flock and the good shepherd needs to go rescue them and bring them back. Israel is like the prodigal son who says to dad, I don't want to live under your roof anymore. I don't want to live by your rules. I don't want you having authority over me. I'm leaving. I'm going out away from you. Israel transgressed the covenant. It says they rebelled against God's law. Literally, they revolted against God and his law and his standards as a nation. And that's what brought destruction to the nation. Now, he says in verse two, Israel will cry to me, my God, we know you in the time of judgment. When the Assyrians invade the land, Israel will cry to the Lord, my God, we know you. Why would you allow this to happen to us? We're your people. We know you. But they don't really know the Lord. They don't have a relationship with him. They aren't abiding in him. They aren't being faithful to him. You know, Jesus said, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my father in heaven. And that's the key. We demonstrate that we have a genuine relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ by our obedience to the father. Titus 1.16 says, they profess to know God, but in their works, they deny him. They profess they know God. I know God. I'm a Christian. 
but in their works they deny him. When a person becomes a Christian and is born again, it should affect their behavior. It should affect how they live. There should be a change that takes place where the old things pass away and everything is made new. And their works, their manner of life, the things that they do, it should match their profession of faith in Christ. In 1 John chapter 2, verses 4 and 5, it says, He who says, I know him, and does not keep his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer request with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth Radio Ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message. Whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this, we know we are in him. We know we're in Christ because now we keep his commandments. Not perfectly. And we have a desire to keep his commandments. We have a desire to obey him. We have a desire to honor him and all that we do. And when we do sin, when we do fall short, we confess our sins. We walk in the light with the Lord. That's all evidence to us that we truly are in him, in Christ. We're concerned with pleasing God now. If you came to Christ as a teenager or as an adult, you remember you weren't so concerned about pleasing God or what God thought. And now you are. It tells us that you're in him. Israel rebelled against God's commandments, but in the day of judgment, they're going to cry, my God, we know you. He says in verse three, look what it says. Israel, he's talking about a nation now, has rejected the good. And so the enemy will pursue him. They rejected the good. Literally, they cast off the good. They cast it off. They cast off the things God said are good. Romans chapter 7, verse 12 says, The commandments are holy, just, and good. And Israel cast off the commandments of God. Israel called what is evil good for the nation. And what is good, evil for the nation. Therefore, the enemy will pursue him. We saw that same language back in Deuteronomy 28. They'll be pursued by these curses. Where they just can't shake it. They just can't shake these things that are coming upon the nation. They're pursued by them. Look at verse 4. They set up kings, but not of me. They made princes, but I didn't acknowledge them. From their silver and gold, they made idols for themselves that they might be cut off from me. The leaders that Israel chose were not of God. They chose leaders without God's approval. If you think back in Israel's history, the first king of Israel was Saul. 
And Israel chose Saul because they didn't want God to be their king any longer. They said to Samuel, the prophet, we want a king like the nations around us. All the other nations have kings. We don't want God ruling over us. We don't want God as our king. We want a human king like all the other nations. They want it to be like the heathens. In 1 Samuel chapter 8, verse 7, the Lord says, they do not want me to reign over them any longer. So the first king of Israel, the whole idea of a king, it was born out of an act of rebellion, rebelling against the Lord. Later on, after the kingdom of Israel split into two kingdoms, the northern kingdom of Israel that Hosea is ministering in, they chose Jeroboam to be their king. That's in 1 Kings chapter 12. And listen to this. Jeroboam's very first act as king. You know, when we elect a president, you know, always like the first hundred days, the president's going to do all these things. Every president does it. All these actions they're going to take the first day in office kind of thing. Jeroboam, his first act as king was to set up a golden calf at Bethel in Samaria and another at Dan in the northern part of Israel. And he told the people, he announced to the people of Israel, these are now your gods that brought you out of Egypt. So his very first act, King Jeroboam, his very first act was to immediately establish idolatry in the nation and implement ungodly policies that led the nation into great sin against the Lord. And remember, God judged Israel for their moral and spiritual corruption. And the leaders they chose led the nation into ungodliness. And that's why God says here, hey, the people appointed kings, but not by me. And they made princes, but not with my approval. And the lesson for us, when we choose leaders in our nation, it's important for us to look at which candidates and which parties most align with the word of God. I say most align because no candidate and no party completely aligns with the word of God. But which candidate, which party most align or is most in line with the word of God? And I encourage you during the election seasons, make sure you read each party's platform, see what they're about and decide which one sounds more in line with the Bible. Because God judges nations morally. That's his standard. And so verse 5, he goes on. Your calf is rejected, O Samaria. My anger is aroused against them. How long until they attain to innocence? Again, Jeroboam, northern kingdom. He set up a golden calf in Samaria and another one in Dan. And the Lord says here, how long until they attain to innocence? Now, how do we attain innocence with God? By repenting of our sins and putting our faith in the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And all of our sins are forgiven through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. And we're declared blameless and innocent and in God's sight through the blood of Jesus Christ. And here in verse five, God is saying to Israel, how long until you repent of your idolatry? And turn back to the Lord. How long is this going to continue? 
How much longer are you going to go down this path as a nation before you come to the end of yourself and turn back to the Lord? Look at verse 6. For from Israel is even this. A workman made it. Talking about their false gods, their golden calf. And it is not God. But the calf of Samaria shall be broken to pieces. You know, verse 6 is so striking to me because it, it seems so obvious and unnecessary to say this. But God's got to say it. A workman made the golden calf. You're putting your hope and trust in. Therefore, it's not God. If a man made it, it's not God. It's like the Lord is saying to Israel, you guys realize how absurd this is, right? Like you guys realize just how crazy and absurd this is. You ever feel that way? You probably have felt that way a few times over the last 18 months where you're just, am I the only one who thinks this is crazy, what we're doing here? How absurd this is? Now listen to this in Jeremiah chapter 2. The Lord says, listen, he says, for my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living water, and hewn themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. We've talked about this verse before. We've talked about cisterns before. Cisterns are like pits that they would carve into the rock and then line them with plaster so that they could fill them with water. So they were like just big holding tanks for water. And here in Jeremiah 2, God says that he is to Israel a fountain of living water, refreshing water. He's an unlimited supply of water that never runs dry. They can drink from it whenever they want, as much as they want, and stay refreshed by the Lord all the time. And what did Israel say to that? No thanks. We don't want your living water. We'd rather make for ourselves cisterns and drink warm, dirty, stagnant water instead of your living water. But their cisterns were broken. Their cisterns leaked and couldn't hold water. They ran dry. So usually they were empty and offered no refreshment at all. But even so, Israel still said, hey, we'll stick with the broken, leaky cisterns that don't satisfy us, that leave us disappointed and empty instead of this living water that you're offering us. There are people like that. Jesus Christ offers us new life in him. Jesus said, whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst, but the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. With Jesus Christ, you never thirst again. Jesus satisfies, he fulfills, he gives us an unlimited supply of life-giving water. We can come to him as often as we need to and be refreshed by him, have our thirst satisfied. We can come to him and just be refreshed by him until we are completely filled up and completely satisfied. Just what a blessing that is that he offers us. But just like Israel, there are some people to say, hey, no thanks. No thanks. I don't want that everlasting life. I don't want that new life in Christ. I don't want that living water. I think I'll just drink from this leaky cistern that I've made for myself. He asked me how I know 
Tuning in to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Hosea, verse by verse, chapter by chapter. As you listen through this series, we encourage you to read on your own as well. If you're a parent, you understand the quandary of disciplining your child. You hate to do it, but because you love them and want to bring them back into a right relationship, you give them consequences for their sin. In a similar way, God acts justly because He loves the people He created so much. He wants to bring them back into a right relationship, but this requires judgment for sin. If you're ever struggling to understand God's sovereign ways, always look back to Scripture as your guidance for God's all-knowing example. Are you enjoying this study in Hosea? If so, visit our website, calvaryec.com, to hear more messages from this series. You can also subscribe to the Ring of Truth podcast. It's a great way to keep connected to the teaching of Scripture. We'll notify you each time we upload a new episode. You'll find a link to subscribe to our podcast at our website, calvaryec.com, or just search for Ring of Truth in iTunes. While you're visiting our website, you might be interested in learning more about the church that supports this ministry, Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. You could even come join us this weekend for worship and Bible study. Once again, visit calvaryec.com for details. And thanks for tuning in to Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack. Reach true.